Ladies and gentlemen, in the blue corner, standing at a sleek 5'11", 245 pounds, the tumultuous tempest of technique, Thomas Lilly. And in the red corner, at a curvaceous 5'11", 315 pounds, the jovial juggernaut of judgment, John Cheryl Sheridan. A meeting of the masters of mastication turn your attention as they delve deep into all things lifting and more. This is Peak Speak. Ho, 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 gentlemen. The holidays came early here at Manscaped, the leading men's hygiene brand. Manscaped just launched new products, including their all-new Ultra Premium Body Wash. Damn. I'm not sure if that's a body wash for premium bodies or just an ultra premium body wash. But it's a two-in-one and a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. It's time to give yourself or someone who needs it the gift of beautiful skin, hair, and balls this holiday season. Go to manscaped.com and use the code PIXPIC for 20% off and free shipping. That's right. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. And it's possible you have Santa's beard in your pants. It's time to leave your significant other some cookies and milk at the bottom of your chimney. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. All right. I'm talking about the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PEAKSPEAK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code PEAKSPEAK. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Another episode of PEAKSPEAK. Almost at 200,000 downloads. Yeah, which is crazy. And like we just passed it. Was it 150 episodes, that thing that Sam says? Yeah, 150. Wow. It just it just, it doesn't seem like that long ago two idiots spent three hours sitting at your kitchen table talking to a camera and then sat on the footage for a year and a half. That's right. And got up every 20 minutes to reset the camera because that's as far as it can record. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Those were the face- annoying days face similar issues with my i bought a new camera in lockdown for like live streaming comps and stuff uh and it's like a fancy canon one but because everyone in the world has started using their cameras for webcams from working from working from home and stuff uh you cannot buy anywhere in the world the ac adapter for a a canon camera like the one that allows you to plug it into a powerpoint so just you have to change the battery every yeah so i bought a new camera and i bought three extra batteries <laughs> so we'll we'll find out in february in our first comp whether that is a viable option or not. i feel like with three we can keep one constantly charging and hopefully we'll be okay but um if anyone's watching our live streams in february and the camera goes out just give me a call yeah what you used to do it on iphone right and then you got the logitech ones no so i got i i've been using my iphone for ages um because it streams at a better quality than the logitech Mm. cameras the logitech ones do 1080 and it's like i think they actually only stream at 720 yeah um but my iphone streams at 4k so it looks sick Mm. uh so other than just meaning i don't have access to my phone for an entire comp day which was annoying um it was great but yeah now we've got a camera that does actual 4k and like is a proper camera so we can set it at probably a better angle and stuff like that sick yeah it's gonna be rad it's really cool to see how far live streaming qualities have come like yeah. um it i had amazes to me that it's... joseph whitaker shout out to that guy oh dude what the fuck he did um 
Apart from looking yeah, exactly it. like Action Bronson, which is not a bad thing at all. Uh, <laughs> but holy fuck, man, watching you post those videos, that was insane. Yeah, I, it's it's not often that I sit sit at the computer and get really excited watching lifting, but watching him, so he, he did the, the biggest squat ever in New Zealand, 415, and then um, the first New Zealand 1,000 kilo total. It was the same the weekend before Lydia Hamke competed in... in um, in Perth, and their live stream was also amazing. Yeah. Unfortunately, their one cut out just before two of her most pivotal lifts. It was just technical uh, difficulties. And yeah, it's, the- it's still never going to be a perfect system. I mean, I'm continually amazed at how many people don't do, like, a decent quality live stream. Like, it's really not that complex anymore to do, mm. a like, a pretty good live stream. One camera... You know, you can get a score sheet on there. You can do all kinds of stuff relatively simply. Um, and yeah, it's not that complex to then take it even a step further and have like a really good looking stream. I mean, you know, the Ruchis do it amazingly. Mm. Uh, multi-cameras and commentators and all that kind of stuff. It, it looks awesome. It just takes more people. That's the hard thing. Yeah. we. I want to give another shout out as well too. Um, I just want to make sure I don't get the wrong name. Um, I believe it's Mitchell Hooper. Yeah, Mitchell Hooper, the moose. Did you see his deadlift? I did not. Okay, so um, up until recently, the, the biggest deadlift in any form of competition in Australia was Dylan Hellriegel, 410. Yeah. Mi- Mitchell Hooper on the weekend pulled 475, uh, which is... fuck. Which is, I think, the fourth, third heaviest deadlift ever. Um, is a strongman deadlift, so in, in okay. a suit, in straps, yep. hitched... Um, like it wasn't a pretty powerlifting deadlift, but yeah, no, no, that makes slightly more sense. I was like, holy shit, how do I not know who this guy is? He's come into the powerlifting world out of nowhere and just like casually deadlifted five hundred, nearly yeah. five hundred. Um, yeah, no, it's it's strong, man. But I mean, like even it's in still st- crazy. Yeah, I, yeah, like I'm not no minimizing that at all. Um, but yeah, it's just different for sure. But holy shit, <laughs> yeah. So f- find him. He's he's called he calls himself the Moose Mitchell Hooper on Instagram. Um, yeah, I mean, like fuck. Third, third heaviest deadlift of all time happened on the weekend and hardly anyone knows about it. Yeah, it's, that's crazy. It's insane. Um, it wasn't like it was, it was definitely hitch, but it wasn't as difficult as you'd expect it to be. Like there's, there's definitely room for him to uh, grow and I really hope he does continue to grow and chase Holy 500 shit. plus. Oh, sorry, I'm just watching the video. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually like, for uh, like for a strongman deadlift, that's in a really quite a clean deadlift. Yeah, you often see you know people who compete in strongman using the fact that you're allowed to do these things as a reason to do them. But mm. um, yeah, that's a really nice deadlift. I'm incredibly impressed. Yeah, insane feat of strength. I cannot imagine the feeling of pressure in his head. <laughs> yeah, yeah fucking oath, man. <laughs> what a miserable experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's crazy as well like you know 475 25 off um of someone like eddie hall i mean like obviously he's a big dude but he's he's not like crazy crazy huge no he's not he's yeah. not he's definitely not fat um he's a big boy but like yeah it's it's pretty unassuming like that that with that sort of number it's it's fucking awesome yeah man you don't just casually pull 475 because you know you felt like doing it that's um his quads are insane though (laughs) very juicy quads excellent 
Who doesn't like a nice juicy quad? I've decided the summer of 2021, 22 is my summer of short shorts. So I'm all about getting the quads out these days. Mm. Speaking of Dylan and Rod Deadless, he's, he's going for a big pull in a couple of weeks and will hopefully surpass that um, 410 that he did. But he's allowed to do straps in the comp, so he's probably going to wear straps. So it won't, be, it won't count as a powerlifting deadlift, but it'll be cool to see what he can pull yeah, now man, that he's he, back and healthy. Yeah, I was going to say, is he back on deck and looking strong? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Dylan and Perth, um, I don't know if I should say this publicly, actually. No, I'll take it back. <laughs> so, so someone got injured over there spotting quite quite badly, tore, tore a bicep, um, which was unfortunate. That is a bummer. Uh, yeah, there's someone so, someone failed a squat, and in the bottom of the squat, this coach uh, tried to help them up and tore their bicep off the bone, which really fucking sucks. Um, which, you know... Um, so Rido, one of my lifters here, had suggested we talk about spotting on the last podcast. And I think we did. Yeah, um, I think we we touched on it. Mostly just to hang shit on the IPF concept of <laughs> yeah, it just upright goes, rowing heavy squats off someone's back. Yeah, if, if anyone's doing a decently heavy squat, you know, like something more than what you're willing to do an upright row with, you know, more than 100 kilos, get side spot as fuck. Yeah. Things can go and, wrong. Yeah. And we've definitely seen some examples of that. But, um, yeah, it's also, again, it's one of those things that like, if you understand what you're trying to do, doing it well is actually not that complex. Yeah. Like if you recognize what could go wrong, you can very quickly be like, all right, cool. This is definitely the best way to do this. Mm. Did you ever, did you watch many sitcoms growing up? Like even Friends or uh, Seinfeld or just general sitcoms? I mean, I, Fresh I certainly, I watched some of those I, I wouldn't say i was a sitcom junkie but i don't know where this is going so i don't know how willing i am to commit well, to saying yes to these things well, once every couple of seasons you know the producers clearly run out of ideas and they just do those episodes <laughs> that are legit flashbacks you know they're just like flashbacks of previous episodes um that's what today's podcast is holy fuck that was definitely the best segue you've done in a long time because i didn't even see it coming yeah no that's, that's and i knew what we were going to talk about reminiscing oh man that was great well the throwbacks done. yes because yeah. uh you were saying that what is it thursday or friday your friday gym this is week, yeah. nine years old that's nine amazing years. man yeah nine years nine years in business it's like um you know like because it was ptc gold coast so yeah, zero yeah. is not nine years but i guess the idea of it is um yeah, it's a long time. And then you were saying after I said that, it's pretty crazy to think, you know, you said something out loud. Yeah, I, I casually said it uh, recording a lecture the other day that over the last 10 years of coaching, I've uh, changed my thoughts on a lot of things. And I said it and then like kept talking. But in my head, I was like, wow, it really has been like 10 years. That's like mm. quite a long time. I've been doing this now for a third of my life, uh, mm. which is, yeah, it's only in, I don't know. It's I think it's really easy to get caught in the trenches of, doing the work because there's a lot of it um and to forget about those sort of things mm. even you know looking back at uh like we've got a photo of what ptc camera looked like on day one uh on the wall just outside the toilets of the gym i look at that occasionally and i have to like stop and remind myself to like actually look at it be like yeah we've really come an incredibly long way like you open a gym that looks like that these days and you probably won't survive <laughs> yeah yeah it's crazy it's crazy my first reaction is kind of like where's my fucking long service leave 
I, I talk regularly and I've said this a lot recently about like coming back from training and I talk about the most horrific return to training I've ever had was actually after my last real holiday, which was like Christmas, New Year's 2015, 16, where it became Burley. So we like officially took over on one January and I was like, this is my last holiday ever. And it generally was. I was like, hey, you know, a couple of years, I'll get a holiday. No, no, I haven't <laughs> had six, week, six weeks off except for being in lockdown. And I don't think that's really a holiday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's it's kind of one thing that comes with the, the territory of, um small business and gym ownership and all that is that you know like when it's your baby and you're putting in the work that kind of stuff goes by the wayside and and you do have to prioritize it at at some point i didn't have any any time off in any way shape and form um until 2018 was the first holiday that i had was the first time i told people hey for the next two weeks i'm not working yeah Um, i i described that to someone the other day like it said something i was like i you know like i i don't get leave i'm just not working like Mm. it's it's not it's not actually a holiday because nothing else happens it's just that i actively try not to work and even then i don't know if i assume you're the same because i suspect most of us are but like after about a week my brain just goes back to work mode very quickly and all of a sudden i'm like just it's constantly in my head and i'm like fuck i need to like spend a couple of hours just writing some shit down today because my brain's just clicked back into that mode really quickly yeah yeah it's even when you're not working it's hard to hard to switch off and not actually think about it and i i hesitated bringing that up um because i don't want it to be seen as some sort of badge of honor because i don't actually think it's it's a good thing it's it's not a flex it's like yeah it's just part of how my brain operates and what i've chosen to do with it yeah, I'm, I mean more so the, the like, no, not taking time off because I yeah. feel like, you know, a lot of a lot of advice in general, but especially around business and, and starting up business is people reflecting on what they did in business and telling people to expect it. So, like, expect to be stressed, expect to have no customers, expect to work your ass off, not make any money, take no holidays. It's like if you tell someone that they're going to do that, they're going to create that. Like, yeah. There's, there's no reason why you can't it. do yeah. that. Yeah um like it's it's the same thing as like you know the the uh business owner who's like oh i slept on the floor or i said you know i i started out by you know not being able to eat and living off ramen noodles like cool you didn't plan well you know like yeah if you're coming into business ownership hopefully you've got a better plan and a better financial backing before you dive headfirst in man i i look back on the things i did when i started a business and go fuck like occasionally it's like oh two weeks ago that was a fucking stupid idea what are you doing like how are you still alive in this process and how does this business continue to function um but i yeah i wouldn't wish it on anyone i don't think i don't think the way either of us have have done this is is the best way to do it by any means um yeah i'm sharing my screen with you that that's that's week one yeah yeah, I think our, our PTC photo, I'll see if I can do the same thing. I think I can. No one can see uh, this. I shared a photo of the old gym. You'll see it on my story or on my post. I'll make some sort of sloppy post at some point. <laughs> it would be even better from my point of view if you made an incredibly uh, sarcastic narcissist post about how good it is to reflect on these things because I feel like that's actually your forte and will be much more amusing for most of us. Yeah, it would be wasted if I didn't 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 do it, would it? Maybe I yeah. should. 
yeah, I feel like if there's ever an opportunity. <laughs> um, here we go. This is... Oh, now it's got a download from Google Drive. This makes for a thrilling... Actually, my, my brain's bubbling with ideas now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with that. So the whole point is, like, we couldn't have the businesses that we have unless we stopped being the people that we were when we started the businesses that we had. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I completely agree with that. I like, I look back at the decisions I made then and cringe in a lot of aspects. You know, I burned a lot of bridges in ways that I probably didn't need to, you know, I, I did things that were naive and short-sighted and juvenile in many cases. Like what? Uh, I just think like the way I treated people, the approach I took to to what I was trying to do, all of those things. Like I'm I'm a much more relaxed, happy, easygoing person now than I was then because I've matured a lot in a way that helps me realize that like sure what I'm doing is really important and I'm really passionate about it, but most people don't give a shit about it. And uh mm-hmm. that doesn't mean I should not give a shit about it but it means that i need to recognize how it sits in the world and what people think of it hmm. you know i've got two younger brothers and one of them owns a building business and one of them works in um the government i'm like the the weird one my parents still don't really understand what i'm doing <laughs> you know uh so i recognized i think in that 10 years i've recognized that yeah i find it really important and i'm really passionate about what i'm doing and all of those sort of things are great but if I can't convince anyone else to be at least maybe like 20% as passionate as I am about it, then I'm not going to make any fucking money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, expecting people to be on the same level as I was and am is probably, again, short-sighted and naive. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's why, like, that's why I always talk about owning a gym being better than what I originally wanted to do, which was work for like the Brumbies. And I've always wanted to be the Brumbies strength and conditioning coach. Mm-hmm. And in that environment where you get a... Um, 35 blokes and maybe six of them love training like you do, but the rest of them are there because it's their job. Mm-hmm. And so I was always talked about the idea that the gym is great because people pay to be here and they want to be here. And, you know, so you're working with motivated people, which is a fucking lie. Because <laughs> I think I've, certainly over the last few years, I've gotten a lot better at being like the motivational cheerleader that occasionally you need to be, which I always t- look down my nose at as because I was a fucking meathead who was loved it was all about it and didn't see why anyone else wouldn't want to be like that as well mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of yeah aspects of who i was 10 years ago that i'm glad aren't who i am now yeah yeah i mean i i recall conversations that i used to have with prospective members where i was selling the gym to them and i was selling the idea of the community and the way that i used to put it was actually really quite brash looking back on it this is talking like you know at the start eight to ten years ago whatever um saying things like you know uh basically along the lines of if you don't want to be here we don't want you here Uh, but in reverse you know all the people that are here want to be here but that reflected in like the attitude of of um the attitude and how the business was ran which is basically like um initially there was a lot of like hey how come you're not coming come back you know like we miss you, I want to help you kind of thing to like, if people don't want to be here, I don't want them here, not following people up and losing people because I didn't put the effort into into those people, you know? Yeah, I did exactly the same thing. Because of that same reason. I still occasionally catch myself doing it unintentionally, like 
10 years later, I still have to remind myself that like not everyone loves this like I do and not everyone's going to do it for the rest of their lives like I do. You know, my training looks a lot different now than it did 15 years ago when I started training, but it never stopped. Mm. It's, it's a constant and will be a constant for the rest of my life. Uh, but there's a lot of people in the world. In fact, I'd say the vast majority of people in the world that aren't in that position. And for me, you know, what I'm trying to do with the gym is put more people in that position, make them recognize that doing some form of training is a cool idea and you can get heaps out of it. But, uh, sometimes that takes work (laughs) and, and discussions with people figuring out why they want to do it and, or what they're going to get out of it. You know, Hmm. those are the discussions that I wasn't very good at having 10 years ago. What's what would you say would be the biggest piece of advice that you'd give yourself, you know, whenever the gym opened back then? John talking to past John. I think just be less of a dickhead. Like I, I genuinely like yeah, I don't know. I I look back on who I was ten years ago when I like when I started coaching, which was a, a few years before I we opened PTC. So that was twenty start of twenty fourteen was when we opened PTC Canberra. And then 2016 was when it became Burley and I owned it. Um, But yeah, I think I was a stubborn dickhead. (laughs) And I think being less of a dickhead and just being more understanding Mm -hmm. of and empathetic, I think, without being... I think a lot of coaches who want to be friends with everyone and want to be that, you know, super helpful cheerleader approach sometimes cross a line that puts them in a position where what they're doing is buying smoke up people's asses. Mm-hmm. And I was always of the opinion that, no, oh, that's, I don't do that. I'm here to tell you when you're shit, not when you're good. Uh, and I think I probably could have done more of, you know, like just encouraging people a little bit and being less of a dickhead. Mm-hmm. And I probably would have been in a much better position than I am now. Mm. What about you? You know, I asked the question and then I immediately tried to think of an answer. I'm like, fuck, I don't know. Um, uh, probably, probably along the lines of, um, similar to yours, but just, yeah, keeping, keeping people, keeping the customer experience as the, the number one priority, Mm. you know, remembering that, um, the purpose of the business, the purpose of the company is not to satisfy me in any way, shape or form. It's not to make me money. It's not satisfy my ego. The literal purpose of zero is to deliver a product. Um, which is enhanced by providing a really good customer experience. Yeah. So not not to lose sight of that because it's easy to look at, you know, especially with what we're doing with, with company growth and everything like that. It's easy to look at that and, um, yeah, I guess look at it from a uh, zero being selfish perspective, like look at zero rather than being like, um, let's continue to work on our capacity to provide a better experience and to service more people. Mm. yeah and and that's i think for me what would have happened if i was less of a dickhead (laughs) Mm. because i would have just been a little bit more understanding and i I know i've had people who've left the gym who were around in the early days and Mm. always talked about like it it's changed it's not what it was and it, it never will be because in order to be a successful business the model that we were all running back then doesn't really work like it, not in a modern society where people want more than what we were giving them. Cause what mm-hmm. we found was a niche that was full of really passionate people, but it was pretty fucking small. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the only way to grow that was to make it less dingy and less 
hardcore, I think is, you know, the, the way to think about it because what our gyms are now still has elements of what they were eight, nine, ten years ago, but it's a very different product from what mm. it was then. And I think I've let aspects of what my product was then and the good at like aspects that were really positive slip probably through not recognizing their value and being able to continue to push it in that direction. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's going to be hard to replicate the atmosphere of a 200 square meter warehouse with 25 people in it when you've got 450 square meters and, you know, 50 people in it. It looks very different. It's a different atmosphere altogether. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, yeah, I'm definitely better now at the customer experience than I was, but there are aspects of what I was doing in 2014 that I look back on and go, yeah, I should probably do more of that. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, is I mean, hard. It's always the difficult thing. Like when you're scaling things, there's ways to make things more efficient so you can scale them you can make certain things bigger certain things that require people power and time are really hard to scale especially when you're a one-man show yeah um and it's yeah, it's sure. the challenge that a lot of us micro gym owners face as we continue to grow yeah um, like for, for me when the the ptc model originally was like all which i mirrored off scott um and the other ptcs at the time was like all memberships include programming and coaching and yeah. the, the coaching aspect was like well, there's only 10 members and yeah, we all, we all train just, together. I'm just going to yeah, hang yeah. out with them and tell them that their squat needs yeah. a bit of work and all this sort of stuff. When there's then, you know, 100 members, how do you do that? When the, when the gym goes to 24 hours and you're not here for 24 hours, how do you provide that same level? Like there are certain aspects of the service that has to change as you scale mm. um, and things that you have to leave in the past. And it's quite it's quite difficult as the, um, at, as the person at, at the front and you know, when I'm mentoring coaches, one of the messages I try to send when it comes to to leadership is it's one of the really hard things that you cannot take personally that you have to continue to do no matter how much it sucks is recognize that a lot of the work that you will go out of your way to do for individuals will go unnoticed because Mm. it's it, it would be inappropriate and just selfish and stupid to share it with them like hey i've done this and this and this for you like a lot of this stuff happens in the shadows and there are certain people that just don't recognize don't understand that because they're not supposed to but also then appear ungrateful for it and that's really fucking hard yeah man not wanting to be the one that's tooting your own horn in that scenario like to and i've had people come to me and be like you know i'm unhappy with what's happening here i'm gonna leave I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I can point you to the list of results that you've got over the last six months. And let's talk about the fact that you've made all this great progress. Maybe you need an environment change, all that. Like, I'm not bitter about it, but it's really hard to sometimes point out that, like, you've gone above and beyond for this person because, you know, some of these people paying 30 bucks a week, which is fuck all for the amount of time and effort that I know I, I put into what I'm doing on every aspect of it, or at least most aspects of it. It, yeah, it's sometimes hard to convey that value to people until they've experienced it in from a place that allows them to be grateful for it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's another thing. Like, I guess, you know, this, this podcast is heavily directed at um, people who do have businesses in any way, shape or form around coaching. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's another hard thing to... Um, start to learn that you're not going to coach everyone and that you're not going to coach everyone forever and that people do leave 
and that you're a human uh and a lot of people don't recognize that you're a human you know that yeah. you that you do um you know you have to remain quite stoic you have to remain like every comment is water off a duck's back but it's not you yeah, know it's really fucking not hey i um i certainly experienced that a lot early in my coaching career so i uh started work at a fairly well-known chain of uh like small semi-private pt gyms uh and i was like a trainee doing my certificate three but i'd been lifting weights for six seven years by that point and i was teaching these like fully qualified instructors how to do exercises because they were had never spent any real time in a gym and i remember having a discussion with the guy who owned the place about how I was training for nationals and I was going to break this national record uh, in the squat. I think this would have been like maybe 2013 I was looking at. Uh, Maybe even earlier. Maybe it was like 2011. Anyway, I was going to break a national record. I was really fucking excited. Young meathead, amped to talk about this thing that I fucking love. Uh, And he listened and then was like, yeah, but you should probably lose some weight. (laughs) I was like, man, that is a real fucking kick in the teeth for someone Mm. who's like trying to like you know uh relate to his boss and like be excited about this aspect of fitness that sure isn't what he does but is you know i as a coach now i fucking talk to people who are like frothing over painting miniatures on a weekend like sick i'm just excited that you're excited about Mm. it and to look at that and see that guy who then I ended up being fired from that place because they basically were like, you don't fit in here because what you're doing, it doesn't fit our mm. image. And I look back on that now, I'm like, yeah, great. Like I learned heaps from that job about what I don't want to do in my gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next job I had was as a PT working for a PT company in like anytime fitness gyms. I got booted out of one of those gyms to a different gym because the people that managed the gym didn't like me and what I was like, my image that I was projecting. Cause again, I'm this fucking big meathead with a beard who talks about lifting heavy shit all the time and was coaching a whole range of people. Like it, mm-hmm. it wasn't just, I was only coaching meatheads, but to have that, that like that was my first two employment experiences in the fitness industry. And then we opened PTC and to go from, uh, this thing that I was incredibly passionate about. I was determined to make this my career and fucking stoked to be there, Mm. to get kicked in the teeth twice like that by people who clearly just didn't get it. They Mm. didn't get what I was about. And I'm okay with that now because I look back on it. And again, I I learned tons about what not to do. And it solidified my like confidence in who I am and what I want to do now. But fuck, it hurt as a a young 22-year-old who was stoked to be there and just to be told basically you don't fit here and this is the wrong thing for you. Mm. To go through that and then come through the other side and I'm grateful now for those experiences. But um, yeah, I don't want anyone to have to go through that. You know, I don't don't want a young coach to have to be kicked around like a useless piece of crap for a while before they finally get to find what it is they want to do. Uh, and I think it's it doesn't happen in the same way anymore because there are so many more avenues in the world of coaching now than there were when we started. Hmm. You know, people can do what we do and own gyms and do those things that just didn't exist ten years ago. Hmm. It's really hard, man. I like that 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 story's fucked. It makes me emotional. Um, yeah, dude, yeah. I I have a hard time not crying talking about it. <laughs> and I, I like consider myself a reasonably stoic and positive kind of guy, but um, looking back on it, really fucking hurt. I like. 
when they told me I was moving from one of the any times to another one, I had to leave the gym and like I was on the phone in tears to my girlfriend. Like, I, I've been told I don't want to like, I don't do this. What am I doing wrong? I don't get it. To look back on that now and be like, fuck, I'm really stoked to be where I am. Man, um, and it, credit it puts to you for keeping going. Like, most well, it puts people the last two years into perspective as well. Yeah, most people would have been like, well, fuck, the world is sending me a message saying I'm, I'm shit at this and not good enough and just quit there and then. And look yeah, at well, you. the trick was not to have any qualifications in any other aspect of life. You really have no other options. <laughs> no other options. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the burn dear. the boats approach. You know, yeah. I watch Jordan Shallow get up at 3.30 in the morning and post about burning boats. I did the same thing by just being really shit at everything else. <laughs> and now I've been in it for so long that I'd be a fucking terrible employee. Yeah. I wouldn't want to employ me. Man, there's so many so many coaches, small gym owners that get this massive imposter syndrome about I'm not good enough and completely- I still fucking feel like it, hey, man. Like, regularly. I see things and I'm like, fuck, this sucks and I'm not good enough. It's so hard. It's so easy to lose sight of, like, all the things that you're doing and all the things that you have done. And then when you're going through that and then- whoever whether it's a hater a client an ex-client whatever says something and it just fucking it tears you in half oh man it <laughs> yeah like so we we lose so many people from coaching from this world because of that and like fuck it's it's easy to forget that <laughs> we're all human we all have feelings we're all going through shit um, and the problem is that like the nature of how a lot of people's brains work is you can look, I can look back on 10 years of a, a career and know that I've like genuinely changed lives for the better in hundreds and hundreds of cases. Mm -hmm. And it's still the ones that said the shitty thing or talk shit about me behind my back that are the ones that you like default to thinking about. Yeah. You think about those shitty experiences. You can have a year where you have all these clients fucking kill it. <laughs> and then there's that one person that hates you and you have no idea why and you can't fucking stop thinking about it. It's so analogous to lifting. It's like you have a hundred amazing squat sessions, you miss one rep and that's game over. Like, <laughs> yeah, fuck, yeah, you can't exactly. squat. I suck at squatting. This is the fucking worst. Yeah, you have a year's worth of amazing training progress and you have a shit meat day and suddenly you're like, this is fucking the worst. I, I can't believe I continue to do this. Yeah, it's, it's a rough ride or it's certainly been a rough ride in my experience. I would like it not to be as rough for the generation of coaches to come. Yeah. And I think we're well on our way to make it a much less miserable experience in many aspects. Mm. Um, but I don't think we're there yet. When it comes to haters in general, I think the big thing to remember is that, you know, the, the, the better you do in business or in your coaching career or whatever, um, the more you'll find yourself um, paying attention to, listening to, looking up to people who are a step or two ahead of you. You know, mm. you surround yourselves with those people and none of those people look those steps back and go, fuck that guy. Yeah, the only yeah, exactly. people saying fuck that guy are the people that are behind you. And they're yeah. the people whose opinions don't matter. Like, think of the most cliche bullshit ever. Like, oh, lions shouldn't concern themselves with the opinions of sheep. Maybe have <laughs> maybe sheep have great opinions. You don't know that. But, yeah, you good. know, there's an, there's an element of truth to that in the sense of like, why are you spending time focusing on these nobodies? you know, letting them live rent-free in your head, whose opinions literally don't matter. It's, I mean, so much easier said than done, but- Oh, 
Man, the coolest okay. thing about social media is the unfollow button oh, or the block dude, button. It's like genuinely my favorite thing. My, my actually my favorite part of social media is when people I love and respect send me screenshots and or um, stories from people that I have forgotten exist in my yeah. life because I've unfollowed them on social media. I'm like, oh my god, I forgot that person was alive, and it happened and, so quickly. Oh, dude, it's amazing. It's like, yeah, you can go a week after unfollowing someone and be like, oh man, my life is genuinely better and I can't recognize why. Hmm. And then someone sends you a whiny, bitchy story about someone being a passive aggressive cunt on the internet and suddenly you're like, oh yeah, that's right. That's why I unfollowed that person because hmm. they're a dickhead. Yeah. If, you, if you're finding yourself being really sucked into that trap of just like absorbing all this negative energy from people most of it's happening on social media like that's where mm. we digest and see most information just stop looking at it and you can yeah. do that by blocking them unfollowing them whatever um it you will be stunned with how quickly you just forget that they're a thing yeah i i went through a phase of like hate following people like i'm <laughs> i'm following you because i hate you and i want to know what you're doing and my life is much better because I don't do that anymore. Mm. The people who I dislike or have no desire to hear from, I do not consume anything they produce because it makes my life worse. Mm. I don't yeah. really have a lot else to say. No, no. I mean, like it's it's been a it's been a crazy nine or ten years. Um, I think uh, the another big cliche thing is just like if you are committed to this if you have a story like john's where you know you're just you're getting beaten down but the passion is uh the screams louder than all of that just don't fucking give up just keep going yeah. like yeah that's become a recurring theme in a lot of the things i post on the internet recently just keep going the one step at a time is all you can really do because like man i'm 10 years into this and i barely feel like i know what i'm doing like I, there are days where I feel like I have no idea what's going on. Uh, I look back on all these decisions. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? And then there are other days where I think I'm the greatest fucking coach in the world. Mm -hmm. And it's getting closer and closer to there being more of the good days than the bad days. But fuck, man, I'm only 10 years in. There's yeah. another many tens of years to go. Um, so... Yeah. One thing, one thing with us as coaches as well, like, and, and I mean us collectively, all the coaches listening to this, if you're a lifter that's becoming, becoming a new coach, or if you're a coach that's relatively new, or maybe if you've even been going for a while, um, you know, I use, I said before, it's analogous to lifting in terms of missing a squat. It's the same thing with grit. Like, think of your training. Think of how much time and energy and effort you plan to, to spend planning the shit out, prepping your meals. You go and you just fucking train hard, even when it's hard, even when it's work. That's what business is. Mm. And like when you when you go and you're, you know, you're chasing a milestone bench, you're chasing a hundred kilo bench and you're at 80, you've got a hundred kilos in your sights, even though you know you're not there yet. And you're like, I'm going to have to work really fucking hard. I can't do it yet, but I'm going to keep practicing, practicing, practicing until I can do it. If you suck at something, if you come into business, you're like, I suck at sales. I suck at marketing. I suck at social media. Of course you suck at it. You've never done it. Like eventually, once you've done it enough times, it becomes unreasonable for you to suck at that thing any longer. You just have to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. One foot in front of the other. That's all you got to do. Anyway. That's about it. If we get yeah. ended up talking more about this, I'm just going to end up in tears and I've got work to do this afternoon. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed that. Fuck, we went for ages. It's like 40 minutes. Yeah, I know. Well, we're professionals, Thomas. That's what we do. 
There you go. Speaking of professionals, you know what we didn't do was plug our boys Prism, who continue to send us delicious and amazing coffees. So you should go and buy coffee from the boys at Prism. Use Thank the code PeakSpeak to save money on delicious, delicious coffee. Amazing. Goodbye. See you.